Welcome to the Click for More Customers podcast. Your host is Ted Prodromo, best-selling author of The Ultimate Guide to LinkedIn for Business and Ultimate Guide to Twitter for Business. Ted is recognized as America's leading LinkedIn coach, helping you grow your business while living the life of your dreams. Welcome, everybody. It's Ted Pedromo, and this is Social Selling TV. And today, we have a very special guest, Chris Warner, who I met, gosh, gosh, three, four, five years ago now, Chris? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah time flies. Yeah. <laughs> met him in a mastermind. We were together growing our businesses, and Chris is just one of those guys that's really inspired me. And I've been watching him from afar, and you've probably seen him, actually, probably on some TV shows or in some movies, so... Chris, I'll let you do the introduction of what you, you know, your past and where you're going. I know you're changing direction here a little bit, but you can share your story. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Ted. Uh, well, first, I'd like to start off by uh, thank you for the, uh, this opportunity to, to be with you guys. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, who's Chris Warner? Well, uh, Chris Warner is, is the kid in the candy store, but he's also the bull in the china shop. <laughs> what do I mean by that? Uh, I'm a guy who, uh, who kind of attacks life uh, every day. Uh, on offense. I'm an offensive dude. I know defense wins championships, but man, uh, you can't score if you don't have the ball. Uh, what I want to do every day when I get up is attack life because one, it's limited. And two, um, actually, I just lost somebody this week. And what I do when, when people pass for me is I try to take that energy from that. And uh, the way I mourn is I try to actually put it back or channel it into my life because one, they don't have a chance to do that anymore. And two, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't. So uh, I'm the guy who wants to attack life. I'm, I tell my friends, I'm the guy that if you're having questions on making a decision, you should call me if you want to move forward because I'm not the guy who's going to talk you out of it because we'll go through every step to cover the bases that need to be covered, like the, 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 the mission critical things. I'm going to have food tonight and tomorrow. I'm going to have shelter tonight and tomorrow. I'm going to have a vehicle for transportation. If all that's covered, then let's move forward. But if you want to be talked out of it, don't talk. Don't call me. I, I'm the move forward, booting your ass, move your ass kind of guy. That's who I am. That's what I love about you. I see your posts on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. You're just in your face. It was to a point, uh, in your face, up your ass, however you want to call it. I, I'm a, I'm the guy that, that again wants you to to get to where you want to be. I don't want you to talk about it. I get having a game plan is great. You got You got to map out your course. There's no doubt. But um, spending too much time on that makes time pass. And that's the only thing we can't replace. We all know that. You can make more money, uh, get more friends, whatever it may be, get another job or start another business. But you can't get yesterday back. And if you sit on your ass worried about, am I going to do this right, do that right? Well, that day's passed. You turn around and there was no action taken toward that. And you guys have heard this before. There's more loss to indecision than the wrong decision. And again, that's paraphrased. But it's the truth. I mean, you can think back over your own life and go, well, man, I blinked in a year past. I blinked in three years past. I blinked in a decade past. I, I, it kills me when people say that because another, another quote, and again, I'll paraphrase here, is it kills me to, you know, you look, look in a graveyard and uh, what's it full of? Dead dreams because people went into the ground without living what, they, what was in their heart. Right. Uh, and uh, again, I appreciate numbers and statistics. Uh, I got a coach I work with now. He and I, <laughs> we go round and round a little bit. I'm his challenging student because that is presented to me on a regular basis and they're going to be wrong. I, I get statistics. I understand numbers. They don't lie. History tells us a pattern. 
Don't worry about that. I'm not numbers. I'm not statistics. I'm a soul and a body that can change anything at any time. That's it. And I don't want to get too woo-woo on you, but that's the truth. That is the truth. So. Yeah. No, that's, I like watching you because you're an actor, so you don't have any guaranteed jobs or income. You've got to be out there every day pounding the pavement yeah. and just really no holds barred. And you have short-term memory. If you, know, you get rejected for a role, you got to move on to the next one. How do you deal with that? Do you go through emotional roller coaster sometimes? I used to, Ted, as, as a young actor, uh, a new actor, you do. You, you second guess your game plan all the time. You second guess your game play all the time. I'd come out of auditions and go, oh, man, should I have taken my glasses off after the second word? Should I have stood up when I said this? Should I have moved my hands this way when I did that? Um, but the thing that I've, I've come to master, I'm, I, I developed a process. One, for my sanity. Well, actors are crazy anyway, but one, to try to maintain a channel, that insanity, down to something usable, to take that energy and use it. And I have a process that I do before every audition. This is actually before I even got on with you today, Ted, to get me game ready. Because I believe if you stay game ready, you don't have to get game ready. But what that does is help me sharpen that, that ever so sharpened tool even a little more, getting that slight edge. And once I put myself in that state, as Tony Robbins talked, that peak state, I'm pretty inv invincible. I'm not, I'm not completely invincible, but I've been at this over two decades. And, and I know the game plan that I'm taking in is the one that I chose and I'm confident in. Now, if they redirect me and, you know, they tell me to be a, a tree on the moon and I was supposed to be a cop in New York, well, that adjustment's a pretty big adjustment. It doesn't mean I can't make that adjustment. It just may be so removed from what I prepared for that they won't get the best-looking tree on the moon. You know, it may be on the dark side of the moon and not the light side of the moon kind of thing. But what you want to do in an audition, just like you'd want to do in an, in a, in an interview or what you want to do in a sales pitch, is you would definitely want to leave those people not forgetting you. And so that's what I try to do in an audition, Ted. If I have any leftover energy or any built-up energy that questions my performance, like, ah, you know, maybe I stumbled over a word or two or I mumbled something here or there. What I've got to do with that energy, instead of putting it in or taking it in and worrying, let me let it out. Let me let them not forget who came through the door. Now, I may not be right for this role, but maybe they'll call me in next week, next month, next year. Maybe they'll go home and write a movie up for me. I mean, that, that's a big wish or big maybe. But uh, the one thing you'd never want to do with any kind of sales, whether it's auditioning for a movie or a TV show or selling widgets door to door, is don't let those folks forget you. Don't let them because you guys may have seen that it's, it's been on online for a while. It's a young African-American guy. And this guy, I think the tagline is the best sales guy that I've ever seen. And this guy, I think selling some kind of spray cleaner. And this dude is, is a ridiculous salesman. I mean, he's a young guy who you can tell is just trying to go door to door to make a living, but the guy's pitch is off the chain. I mean, because he's so dedicated and he's practiced it. You can tell that he's gotten his reps in. And he believes in what he's selling. Whether he believes it or not, he makes you believe in what he's selling. So um, I guess, Ted, to answer your question, one, I have a process that's pretty ironclad. And two, anytime any energy comes up, because real quick on a tangent, I, I lost a role back probably eight or ten months ago that um, I'm, I would have booked if there would have been one thing in my tool belt that would have been there and been sharp. And, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, being 10, 20, over 20 years in the business, I'm still learning my lesson, 
big time. And it was a big lesson. And it's something that was in the back of my mind for a while. And, and I'll, tell, I'll tell you guys, the thing it is, is when you look at me a certain way, if I put a dark suit on right now, I'll slick my hair back, I look like mafioso. I look like an Italian mobster. Those are things I get called in for. So because of that, what should I have in my tool belt? I should have a New York accent. And over 20 years, I don't have that perfected. And I'll be completely honest with you guys. But those, those roles have come along. And what have I ignored? I've ignored learning that. Well, I cost myself a movie that would have, you know, it would have been a little game changing. It would have been a fairly large part. Um, and, and I prepared as best I could. And I went in with, with everything, my, my ironclad game plan. And uh, the, the director blew me out of the water with some free direction. He told me, you know, this guy's big, boisterous. He's this, that, and the other. And I can tell you, if I would have taken his direction exactly how he gave it to me, I would have looked like a first-time actor. Hmm. Why? Because I wasn't prepared. So what did I do? I took my game plan, and I worked it as best I can, or as best I could, and then made sure that I was as unforgettable as possible before I walked out the door. But when he said that, did I realize my chances of getting that role had dropped dramatically? It, it, it did. But I, I did my best to not let my energy drop from that point. Um, and, and that's what, in my opinion, getting those reps beforehand and, have, beforehand and having your game plan ready when you walk through the door. Because a younger, unprepared actor or salesperson would have stumbled and mumbled and, and forgotten the thing that they'd even prepared for. I, I didn't, fortunately. I was present enough to stay on course. But um, but yeah, that's that's the thing I think you got to do is make sure that you, you have your game plan ready and that you, you're, you're flexible throughout the, the game. So. so many good points there. I just, gosh, I was just listening to Brendan Burchard the other day, and he was talking mm -hmm. about similar to that. It's like, before you get on a call with a coaching client, you got to get prepared. You got to give them 100%. Give them your A game every time. Mm -hmm. You don't just walk in and turn it on. You got to prepare in advance. And you can't be someone you're not. Like, you can't be Tom Brady and be a quarterback in the NFL. I can't either. Exactly. So be comfortable with what you can do, and there's, there's a niche for you. There is, absolutely. And those are two things I wanted to actually touch on, uh, Ted, based on what we, we had talked about prior to this, on, on what I was talking about, is two things I, I, I've switched about, and Ted talked about a little earlier in this interview, is I, I've switched around the last 12 months or so since he and I first met. Uh, from some things that I was doing at that point. Um, and the two pillars that I stood on way back and I kind of got away from them, and now I'm, I'm fully grounded in, are being original, one, and authentic, two. I personally believe when you're original and authentic, if you look up across the history of time, those are what make people literally iconic. And that's what I shoot for. And I hope everyone would do that in their lives, is shoot for not only the best, of, the best that lives today, but the best that ever lived of what you do. And again, those are icons, the, the, you know, the, the Maryland, for me, the, you know, the, uh, the James Cagney's, the, for my genre, the uh, Humphrey Bogarts, the Charles Bronson's, the Lee Marvin's, you know, the icons of, of the industry that will last forever. Um, when you stay original, authentic, at first, it's weird and people don't get it. If you look at my social media and you look over the last six, 18 months, you'll see a change. Well, what was before was not me. That was me listening to some coaching that it wasn't bad coaching. I'm not going to say that or improper. It was just some coaching that didn't fit me. And what I think a good coach is, is that if they look at the player that they have or they look at the, the, the student or the client that they have and they try to maximize their strengths while trying to, to, to you know, shore up some of their weaknesses. 
Yeah. Uh, what was happening here is we were focusing on my weaknesses and me, the original authentic Chris Warner was getting lost. I mean, lost in everything. Um, and, uh, and so what was happening is when it, when it doesn't resonate with you, it's not going to resonate with anybody. Right. It just isn't. No matter how much you want to will it, willpower is only going to take you so far. And I willed the shit out of that. I mean, excuse my friends, but I mean, I put all I had into it for a good solid five years and things just weren't happening. And I, I'm usually fairly good at what, at what I put my mind to like that, especially if it calls me. And this, and then what I had done before had given me somewhat of a call, but it wasn't quite um, my true purpose, my calling. And again, I don't want to get too woo-woo, but I think we're all put on this planet for something. And it's that thing that burns in our heart every day when we get up. And when we deny it, the, I, you know, I go on and on, but we, we kind of piss God off and everything else. But also what happens is, Les Brown talks about this too. When he stopped, when he stopped trying to be other things other than a motivational speaker, then he became a motivational speaker. But when he was trying to do all these other things to try to do what, to try to do that one thing, it, he, he kept running into roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And then when he finally kind of surrendered to it all, well, we all know, well, most of us know who Les Brown is. So um, some things have changed for me over the last year because I have turned back to being uh, who I am originally authentically and, uh, and especially on my social media, Ted. I mean, you're the, you're the, so you are a social media expert. What has, what has happened is I've gotten more engagement organically than ever before. Yeah. I mean, I get more engagement organically than I do from folks that I know personally, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe it's truly because I put the content out there is real. It's authentic. And uh, for, the, for the most part, it comes from the heart. Now, I need to increase it. There's, no, there's one of the things I need to do myself. But, uh, but as a foundation, I think if you stick to what you believe, who you are and what you do, um, it'll start to garner some things. It'll take some time. Uh, but you'll start to see some, some, some traction come along. It's about consistency and it's, sure. I can, you, know, you just put banners up there with quotes on it and you put text up there, but I can feel it coming from you. Maybe because I know you, but it's coming from your heart. I, I really yeah. believe that you know, when you do your authentic, it's so much easier and it really resonates with the right people. You're not going to resonate with everybody. You're going to have nope. your little audience and, resonate with them and go with it. It's so much easier and so much more fun. Absolutely. I mean, I, I tell actors, look, here in Hollywood, you got to get in the party first and then you can mingle. But if you don't get through the door, the, nobody knows who you are outside. But once you're in the door, as whatever you do, whatever niche you play, I play a tough guy, heavy cop, bad guy, convict. I get that. Is that what I always want to play or whatever? Do I want to get stereotyped? I don't. But what I have to accept is the world sees me a certain way. You guys are looking at me right now. You, you see something certain, you hear something certain. You hear a twang in my voice. You, you know, and these are things I have to be aware of in a, as an actor. And I have to be either okay with them and go with them, not be okay with them and try to change them, or not be okay with them and go with them. I mean, you make the choice and you move forward. Um, and you're going to get some resistance. You guys know that. Probably everybody on here knows that. I think the thing um, that's going to help anyone in any industry, especially with this one I'm in, is persistence and attrition. That's how you're going to get to know who Chris Warner is. You might not know who he is when Ted was advertising this or he's going to put it out there. Who's Chris? Who's this Chris Warner guy? Uh, you may not know me now, but you will before my heart stops. That's for sure. Why? Yeah. Because I'm going to stay persistent. And there is attrition in Hollywood. People just give up and go home because Ted said earlier, yeah, it, rejection here is silence. There is no you suck, get out of here, whatever. There's just nothing. I go on audition. If I don't get it, I don't hear anything. If I get it, I get a call. That's it. I mean, that's, that's it. For a sale, it may be, eh, you know, you're a salesman selling something. It may be maybe, not today. 
Uh, we don't have the money now. Come back next week. Uh, um, and audition is silence. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen in other industries, but if you don't become tough skinned, if you don't have additional irons, not a bunch, but additional irons in the fire that take your attention away from something like losing a big part because you don't have a New York accent, uh, that could drive you a little insane too. I'm also a screenwriter, a director, and a producer. And I've got other projects that are waiting on me once that audition's done. Now, I'm not trying to take anything away from that audition. I give it 110 while I'm there. Right. When I step out the door, I'm done with that. If you guys call me later on and I get it, great. If I don't, I've got something I'm working on now to pitch to Netflix here in the next six months that it's kind of the big, big bowl on my stovetop right now that I'm really focusing on. So, um, but again, everything that I work on is original and authentic. And again, you're going to get arrows at you at all directions. I'm, I've got a, I've got a coaching session today, this afternoon with one of my coaches. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a knockdown drag out because, you know, the last coaching session, coaching session I had, there were some, there was some suggestion and it, and again, what's happening a little bit is there's, there's, there's some not seeing me, you know, and seeing how we work with this individual rather than, okay, in general, this is how the pillars of success work. Hey, I, I've read, you know, Think and Grow Rich. I understand Mr. Napoleon Hill. I get it. Yeah. But what we also have to do is we also have to look at the individual that we're working with and see their strengths and weaknesses and then utilize those to get them to the next level. Now, once we get them to the next level and build some confidence there, master some confidence, then they may be able to take on a weakness and build that up a little bit or short up. But if you go right at somebody's weaknesses initially and they're already lacking a certain amount of self-confidence, what you're going to do is just knock them down again. And knock them right. Down. Um, so as, as, a, as a person who's trying to make a sale, we, we all know you got to build rapport and relationships are, their sales are relationships. I've known Ted a while and Ted and I are going to work together soon. Uh, and, and what Ted's doing is building relationship and rapport and I'm building a rapport and relationship with him. And we have over the years, uh, you know, I've never got on, a, I've never, I didn't meet Ted and go, Five minutes later, get on an email and go, hey, man, Ted, I got something on you on the buy, man. Here's my book. Here's this. I delete people like that and unsubscribe to them. Right. Uh, send me, even if you want to get to know me, you want me to buy your thing, it doesn't take you two minutes now to make a video. And this is a semi-face-to-face -face right here. At least you're getting to see me. I'm getting to see you. And like, hey, this guy's working to build a bridge of rapport mm -hmm. and a relationship. And then you build a bridge enough strong, build a bridge enough, build build a bridge strong enough that you'd buy anything from whoever that person is, uh, or you could ask them for a recommendation. But the minute you try to sell somebody straight off, I don't care how confident you are, that's it's probably not going to work. But what if you try to sell them straight off without having mastered your confidence or your presentational skills? Right. Um, the same thing goes I mean if you're that. applying for a job these days. Yep. You can't just walk in and send your resume or apply online. You've got to build a relationship first before sure. you apply for those jobs. Sure. And people don't think you can build rapport in five, you can build rapport in 30 seconds. You can build rapport in one minute, five minutes, whatever. Um, you know, one of the suggestions I have for folks, whether they're in an audition or building a, or, or, or going into an interview. Uh, nowadays with social media, if you go to an interview with someone you don't think you know, that's, that's wrong. You do know them. Get yeah. online and stalk them. I mean, for lack of a better, get on search, get online and research them. And you know, who, who am I having my interview with today? Oh, Bob Smith. What is, what's the company again? Oh, okay. Go online, go on LinkedIn, go on whatever. And you can know enough about this person that when you go in there in the first 30 seconds, you can say something relatable and then boom, 
there's a lot of back backstory taken care of. Like I went to University of Texas. So somebody got online and we had a meeting in the first 30 seconds to go hook them horns. I would know exactly what you mean. Right. That would take care of a lot of backstory. If you say, I'm from Texas too, that took care of a lot of backstory. Uh, I teach people of- that on LinkedIn. I said, connect with your alumni. Even if you're 20 years older than them, they're going to want exactly. to reach out to you. Exactly. Uh, alumni, sports, uh, extra cook activities. If I met Ted today, I would go, how was the powder this weekend, Ted? Yep. Because I know Ted went, went, to, the, he went to skiing this weekend. So, again, it's, it's not impossible that we know a person before we know them. So the rapport is already built to a point. And all you have to do is say something relatable to them that they like and be quiet. Right. And then let them talk. And it's 15 minutes into the interview. And now you're their best friend because you listen to them. That's it. Don't interrupt them. Don't try to tell them all these years of experience you have. Nod, agree. Oh, yeah, no, this thing too. (laughs) Yeah, and they laugh with you. And now what you've done is anchored yourself to them with happiness. Now, I don't get too much into some stuff, NLP stuff, and and there's there's some techniques and some exercise you can do. But when I anchor you to me with happiness, I make you feel good after this, that you can do anything you want. Just give me a call. I'll tell you that. And then you're like, hey, the guy's funny. Hey, he's witty. Hey, he's smart. Hey, he's this, he's that. But ultimately, what I hope I made you do is feel good after this. And then when, when you hear my name again, or you see my name, or someone says my name, or you see a picture of me, that feeling comes up. Well, when you're making a building report, same thing. Oh, I see you went to Yale. And then maybe Yale has a sink. Oh, this guy's a proud person who went to Yale. Let him talk. And the next time your name comes across it, your, goes, your, your resume goes into a special pile. Yeah. And then when he looks at it again or she looks at it again, those feelings come up. I like this guy. Why? I don't know. Well, I know why. Because we made him like us. And I'll say made him, but that's a simple technique that you can use to build rapport. Is find a connection and then allow for that. That's one. Second, allow the person to experience that connection with you. What I mean is allow them to talk about their experience if it's good, which hopefully, again, you pick something that they enjoy, and let them talk. Just sit back. I mean, literally sit back, and it could be an hour long. And then, you know, the secretary comes in three times, Mr. Smith, we've got three people in the waiting room. I'll be, okay, I'll be a second. Don't worry about them. This is your time. And the meeting will be over when Mr. Smith says. You want the job, let him decide when the meeting's over. Right. You don't make it. You're there for the job. However you get that job. And if you weren't qualified, you wouldn't be in the room. You literally wouldn't be in the room. So yeah. shore up your resume. And we all know that the current day resume is linked. So make sure, you know, listen to Ted. He knows what he's talking about. He does. He helped my wife uh, about a year ago. I mean, what's crazy is he helped her get it. It took her eight months to get this job. Four interviews, went in and worked two different days with him on some training. But finally, she, you know, she... They called her in. They offered it. I mean, it's been the best, the best gig she's ever had. Nice. I mean, ever. This this company, what they do, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, a big trailer house in Hollywood. It works with Disney and Netflix and how she's treated, how she's respected financially and how she's respected just by um, the way that her supervisors treat her. And these are the executives of the company. Um all based on how she set her resume or how she set her LinkedIn profile up again, starting with Ted Padrone. I mean, I'm, this isn't a, this, Ted didn't tell me to say this. I'm telling you <laughs> that she got, I, I won't call it a dream job, but she got a job that was 
so outside of what we thought it would be. It's, it's ridiculous. And so it started this is with a great example because you reached out to me and said, this is a job she really wants. This would be really great. And yep. you created a plan or she created a plan. And then we optimized her LinkedIn profile to basically project that plan out there. And then it took yep. her eight months to get the job. Wow. Yeah. And it was, you know, again, persistence and in this case, attrition. Um, but yeah, that's, but it started with, with, you know, again, with what, Ted just mentioned is, is setting the profile up to where it got someone's attention. And in Hollywood, I can tell you this, it is a lot of who you know and what you know and, and, and word of mouth. It's not as much, well, that's old school. New school is moving toward LinkedIn. And she was given a call off her LinkedIn account. And that, that, that doesn't happen or hasn't happened in the past so much in Hollywood, but it just goes to show it is happening. So music, you don't think people are looking at LinkedIn in your industry, um, Everybody's I would have looking to at you. I'd have to disagree a little bit. You'd have to show me some things and some statistics and stuff. But because Hollywood that, that used to not run that way, and, and things have obviously changed. And should we not? I don't know if, if that's fully what happened, but I can guarantee you, should we not short up some things on her resume uh, to stand out, some keywords and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, that she probably wouldn't even gotten the call. So, yeah. Um, so who yeah. inspires you, Chris? Because you, every time I see your posts, I just get inspired. It's like, wow. Uh, I just, yeah, just, so who yeah, inspires yeah. you to project out what you project? You're going to get me all emotional here, man. Uh, <laughs> who inspires me? Uh, that little lady we just talked about, my queen, uh, Misty. I've, uh, I, when I left Texas, I've been here almost 18 years. I'm going to lie to you, in, in L.A. When I left Texas, where I started my acting career, um, I made I made everybody a promise back there, you know, literally and kind of figuratively. This is I won't be back until I'm successful. And for me, that you know, whatever that is for me, or at a pie box, the way I put it. Um, and I've I've promised my queen a lot, you know, and and have some things come to pass. They have have some things not. That's true. Um, there's a couple things that inspire me, Ted. One, I'm, I truly believe we're all here for a purpose, and my purpose is to inspire and encourage others either on screen or from the stage or whatever that I believe that's truly what my purpose is. And I believe God gave us our purpose. That thing that burns inside of us every day that we get up and, and, and whether we're doing it or not still there, we should do that. We should. Mm -hmm. And moving past this, moving past being scared is called faith, right? I mean, and if you truly believe in your higher being or God or whatever, he's going to take care of the rest of it. So the one thing that motivates me is saying I'm going to do something and not doing it. I can't, I can't have that happen. I just, because I've made promises to not only real people, but I've made promises to the, you know, to my maker. Uh, and, and basically in my opinion, the action to do that on a daily basis is giving back to him and things. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, um, there's a lot of sacrifices been made by a lot of people, especially my queen for the things that I've done, because I would, I would, I, you know, most people, most women would have left me by now. Dead. I mean, I'm the crazy path I've taken. Um, and she, most, every day she wants me to be more successful than I do and when you got somebody behind you like that man you cannot lay in bed and go oh man I'm tired today or yeah it's just not working out or right. why aren't people buying this or why don't they know me yet or um this that and the other so uh, there's some people that have done a lot for me that I can't let down um and I I'm not big on saying I do this for them uh I, I was raised an only child so I'm a pretty selfish person now, I do as much as I can every day to, to compensate for that. But yeah. no, I, I want what I want when I want it, as my wife puts it. I do. And so 
when someone gets in the way of that, um, I ask them nicely, can you move? But if not, I'm going to go around you, go through you. Because, you know, when I get determined, I'm getting to my summit, I'm going to get to my summit. And um, I don't know. I think I think my being playing. So if we go back a little bit and, and, and I won't go on too long about this, but I think that the seed was planted. Seriously, uh, I believe in competitive sports. You guys heard me use a lot of analogies to sports lately. I was raised in competitive sports. I believe that's extremely important. Yeah. I do. I think my coaches instilled in me a sense of competitiveness that carried over into my acting career that just I can hear them talking to me now. Uh, it's just, you know, it's to not give up. It's to give everything I have, every snap, every play, uh, and don't stop to the whistle. I mean, I can hear them saying that in the back of my head right now. And yeah. so they instilled it into me at a young age when your, your subconscious mind is open to that stuff. And when you plant those kind of seeds, the roots, the roots are so deep now, I don't think the trees can be cut down. I mean, you cut the tree down, it's still going to grow over and over again. So uh, competitive sports as a young kid is probably where it started. I said, I get the feeling that you're on a mission to something great, huge. I don't know what it is. I don't know if you know exactly what it is, but yeah. you are going full steam ahead towards something great. That's just well, what inspires me about you. Well, I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate it. And I'm glad that that's, that's seen by someone who I respect, you know, not, not my mom or my dad or somebody, but somebody who, you know, has their finger on the pulse of successful people. Um, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping, honestly, I'm hoping that's what, I don't mean hope in a starry-eyed way. I mean, that's what I'm hoping is happening in this last year is the shift that I'm making. I just, you know, rebuilt my website from the ground up and I just released it and, and moving back again toward presenting myself to the world the way I want to be presented and seen. Um, there's, a, there's a class I took here and the guy's great. If, you, if somebody ever gets a chance to come down here and take it, a guy's named Sam Christensen who teaches something called the image process. And what the image process does, it helps you understand how the world perceives you. Mm -hmm. Some people, a lot of people are confused about that. And, and people who have to sell themselves on a regular basis, salespeople, entrepreneurs, mostly actors, lawyers, people like that, that have to sell themselves in person. It, it helps you extremely. I mean, I went in there, I was probably 80% understanding of how the world saw me as an actor. When I left, I was 100% sure. So much so, Ted, this is, I think, 2007, that eight of the next 10 gigs I got, I booked. Nice. Uh, and that was No Country for Old Men, the Academy Award winning movie, uh, Harold and Kumar 2, Prison Break, Break the TV show, um, um, Friday Night Lights, the TV show. All that happened within a year after that. It's because when I stepped in the room and on audition, I knew exactly what they were seeing. When yeah. I opened my mouth, when I, when I walked in in a certain attire, uh, my hair was a certain way, I knew exactly what they were perceiving because I had, uh, I had been given a cross section of people of the world and they had told me exactly what they saw, what they heard. And it's some powerful stuff uh, when you have those kind of tools in your tool belt. That's awesome. And that carries over into business too. If you're certain and really confident, things, great things happen. They do. I mean, you can uh, move mountains, let's put it that way. But you can make things happen that you didn't think were possible. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, can, you can change people's minds that you didn't think were possible. You can't. Uh, and if you don't believe me, give it a try. Uh, I think to sell yourself, you've got to prepare yourself before whatever happens, happens. But ultimately you have to prepare yourself every day. When I get up, I get this, I do the same routine. And then I rework that routine if I've got something extra special that day. Yeah. So when I got up this morning, I went through my routine. And then before I got on this with you, Ted, I went through a modified version of that routine. 
So when I, when, the, when it was game time, I was I was lathered up, man. I was yeah. I was ready. I had thrown my passes and my handwork. And here's the other thing too, if I could mention real quick, that is, I think a lot of times we get caught up in uh, in being game perfect. What yeah. I mean by that is everybody. It, it, we were talking about that plan earlier. Is I want my plan to be perfect before I can engage in it. But also, what gets stuck in the back of our mind is I want to be perfect, uh, implementing my perfect game plan before I can play the game. Well, did you, any of you guys, and again, whether you're a fan of his or not, let me just put that disclaimer out there. Do you think there was a chance that Tom Brady was not going to play last Sunday? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> There's one. If his heart was stopping, it was stopped. <laughs> That's about the only chance he wasn't going to play. Yeah. I don't, how many, I don't care if they would have cut his thumb off. He would have figured out how to throw either left-handed or – I don't know how you've done it. He would have figured it out. Yeah, he would have. Because, yeah, because and, and any pro, any athlete will tell you, but especially any pro athlete will tell you, you play every Sunday or every game. Nobody is ever 100%. LeBron James doesn't walk on the court not hurting. Right. Uh, Brady doesn't walk on the field not hurting, uh, especially the more physical sports like football and hockey and, and those kind of things. Uh, but, you know, basketball, those guys take a beating because they play more games. Um, yeah. So, again, these guys, they got to have a game plan. They're going to implement it as best they can when it's game time. And that's it. And they still win, right? Brady's got five championships, and uh, he may have a a sixth here with a cut hand. I mean, That's what they said. They're actually putting a sixth finger on it so he can get another ring. (laughs) 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 So, uh, you know, and I know people take – people give him a lot of shit, whatever. But, hey, you – people don't build dynasties on cheating. I mean, you know, have, they, have, have the Patriots and Belichick and stuff done questionable things? I imagine you can investigate any team and they've done some questionable things. I imagine you can investigate my beloved Longhorns along the way. When, when Del K. Royal was coach, when Coach Brown was coach, even now with Herman. Are they doing everything perfect? No. But then again, is the person in the mirror doing everything perfect? Uh, no. No. But, you know uh, – uh, one of Ted's good buddies and, and mentors, uh, um, Perry Marshall, he talks about the 80-20 rule. I mean, uh, you get it right 80% of the time, I imagine you're getting close to that 1% of of your industry, whatever it is. And you bump it up as you can. But, uh, you know, uh, what? It, can you talk a little bit about that, Ted? Is that cool with uh, what, what yeah. Perry's kind of philosophy on that is? Um, yeah, basically 80% of your revenue comes from your top 20% of your customers. Right. But Perry's big about being your authentic self. You know, you're not going to be perfect. If you make a mistake, admit it, show vulnerability. And the, the 80 20 is that, you know, the cream rises to the top. So, you know, you it's go. not and that hard. No, it's not. And I think a lot of folks, a lot of the noise of the 20%, that's another thing I did want to mention real quick, Ted, is um, one thing I was taught about two years ago from another mentor is, um, he used the example of these three, these three, uh, three people over time who somebody he had heard from um, worked with these three people as, I mean, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And he asked her, you know, what, what, what quality of these three people that, they, that she worked under did they have? And we're talking about world-class people that you would know. And she said, paraphrasing here, <clears throat> they, were, they were hyper-focused. And the way she put it didn't just say they were hyper-focused. She said, Ted, 
when I say cut down the noise, there's people say, you know, cut down the noise, don't listen to the noise. She said for them, there was no noise. Hmm. Every day, if, if what you brought them wasn't, didn't affect what they were trying to accomplish, the single thing they were trying to accomplish every day, it didn't exist. Get out of my office. I don't even want to hear about it. So that's how hyper-focused the person has to become to become the best at what they want to be, is they're not only cut down the noise or ignore it, get to a point where there is no noise. Right. There is no noise. There is only what you hear. Uh, easier said than done, obviously, but you think, you think Brady heard noise on Sunday? Right. I don't. Being yeah. down 20, uh, 10 to 20, I think he saw Super Bowl. That's all I think he saw. That's all I think he heard. Why? He just wants he, to win at all costs. He had prepared himself prior and cut down and just cut the knob off. Yep. Sure. At times in his life, has he heard the noise? Sure. Uh, you know, I know there's a situation with him and the guy that he is his trainer, his personal trainer, and how that's kind of going along in, in the organization, everything. So is he going to be aware of that noise? Sure. Because the coach now is talking to him and the yeah. owner could be in that conversation. Sure. That he may hear a little of that noise, but when it comes game time, he's breaking that knob off. Nobody's cutting it on. Exactly. And, and when it comes to, you know, me getting a role or you making a big sale, Break the knob. Just break it off and nobody can touch it. Right. Yeah. And if you don't get the sale or you don't get the roll, move on. Just learn from it. Sure. And go sure. for it. Get better. Learn from yeah. it. And surround yourself with, whether it's one person or a team, surround yourself with people who are going to help you get past that. Yes. Don't, don't waller in that shit. I mean, you know, again, and I know I'm using some language here, but don't waller in that. It can yep. be easy to, but uh, that's why you got to get that multiple iron thing going on. So, you know, you're in the meeting, you're on this side going too well. I'm going I'm to give him one more shot, and then i got to move on to my next thing. Cause i got to cut bait here. I can't, this, ain't, this ain't working for me. So, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome, man. So how can people learn more about you? And you see this new website of yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, ultimately, I think, you know, and this isn't me. Ted's probably heard it too, and he maybe tells folks, is ultimately what you want to do is drive traffic or people you meet or whatever to your website. And hopefully your website has – everything or damn near everything everybody needs from it sure find me on social media but you can find me on social media via my website uh, if you go to the t-h-e chris warner c-h-r-i-s-w-a-r-n-e-r.com that's where you find me everything about me what i'm doing now what's constantly happening with me uh, i try to update it on a regular basis and then my social media is pretty active most of the time the four that i hit is uh, i'm on facebook uh, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Those are the four that you'll, you can see me on a daily basis, um, engage. Um, if you'd like, hit me on a pet personal message. You can email me from my website as well. Um, if you'd like to connect with me in, in any way, shape, or form, again, what, uh, what I work on uh, from a coaching standpoint, other than acting, I, I do some coaching. And I help people maximize their self-confidence. And what we do once we, while we're doing that or once we've done it is we, we, help to push that energy and those skill sets into your presentational skills. If you can see, you know, I'm, I'm speaking naturally. Is there some stutter? There's some natural stutter. Do I feel nervous to you? I hope not, but I'm speaking into the camera. I'm not looking away. I'm not getting distracted by probably some of the noises you've heard. And I apologize for those, but that, that can take people off their game. Uh, as we all know, the biggest fear in the world seems to be speaking in public, whether that's on camera like now or in a stage with 10,000 people. What I can help you do is move toward becoming more confident in that. And what I'd really like to do is help people move to a point where they enjoy it. When I'm on stage, I'm at home. 
I mean, there's this energy that comes up in me. I'm like, ah, I just, I take the energy in and I use it. And I would like most people to get to that point. Um, but yeah, check, check out my coaching. If that's something that would interest you, but, uh, uh, yeah, check out some things. I've got, uh, a, a proof of concept I'm working on right now. I've got to, about halfway shooting it. And then the next six months, we're going to take that to Bisbee for, a, or take, excuse me, take it to Netflix to pitch as a series. So that's, that's what's happening on the acting side of things. So Awesome. Um, what I like about you, Chris, you're just right to the point. No BS. <laughs> you're, you can be an awesome coach, I have to tell you. You just cut right Thanks. through the crap and tell people, get over it. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and that's my big thing. If you see on social media, is my, my, uh, one of my taglines is move your ass. I mean, even if it's wrong, move your ass. And we're, we as human beings have the ability to adjust uh, as we go, to navigate as we go, move as we go, bob and weave as we go. And the one thing I'll leave you with is if you have a summit, if you have a purpose, which is your summit, never lose focus of it. Now, your path may change, but never lose focus of your, of your uh, summit. And again, surround yourself with people like Ted and some, and some other folks uh, should you get lost in that and blinded by the, the struggle. The struggle is not tragedy, okay? The struggle is necessary. I promise you. So, um, yeah. But anyways, definitely follow then. Chris on social media. Connect with him. He's an awesome guy. And thank you so much, Chris. This has been great. I'm thank all fired too. up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you, Ted. <laughs>